You can pray until you faint. But if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. And it's no need of running and no need of saying, Honey, I'm not going to get in the mess. Talks. I'm Dr. Matsumela Odom. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and freedom is on our minds 24-7. Black Power Talks brings an African internationalist perspective to the important issues of our world. Today on Black Power Talks, we uplift the legacy of the martyred revolutionary leader, Thomas Sankara, the president of Burkina Faso. Sankara was killed October 15, 1987, 35 years ago. Sankara actually gave his country its name. In 1983, Sankara became the president of Upper Volta, a West African country north of Togo and Ghana, and south of Mali and west of Niger. Sankara renamed the country Burkina Faso in rejection of its colonial name, which was simply a topographic name that identified the country's presence in the northern region of the Volta River. Burkina Faso means the land of the upright or incorruptible people. This underscored his political program. Sankara's program challenged French colonialism and African neocolonialist policies. Sankara's anti-colonial program was in direct opposition to the neighboring country of the Ivory Coast. Sankara's policies focused on preventing famine with agrarian self-sufficiency and land reform, prioritizing education with a nationwide literacy campaign, and promoting public health. He vaccinated more than 2 million children against meningitis, yellow fever, and measles, which saved the lives of a minimum of 18,000 to 50,000 children in Burkina Faso every year. Sankara built schools, health centers, water reservoirs, and railways on his own. He increased cereal production by 75% between 1983 and 1986. He combated desertification redistributed land, and eliminated poll taxes and rent. He created policies that overturned the oppression of women. He elevated the role of women in the Burkina Bay government and military. His policies were a threat to colonial and neocolonial powers. For this reason, Sakara was attacked and reviled by the bourgeois elite and the African petty bourgeoisie. Sankara was overthrown and executed by a military coup led by Blaise Compare. On October 15, 1987, Sankara was only 37 years old. 
The colonial neo-colonial elite despised Sankara and what he stood for. However, Sankara was loved by the African working class and is still loved by the African working class. Sankara is affectionately known as the African Che Guevara, but his reach is even further than that. Sankara's legacy has fueled a generation of anti-colonial activity on the continent and throughout the African world. To discuss this with us today, we have Senke Brath, the co-founder and president of the Lombe Brath Foundation. The Lombe Brath Foundation's stated purpose is to document and archive the legacy of Lombe Brath so that the future generations may learn about and emulate the tremendous work and contributions of Lombe Brath. Alombe Braff was a committed anti-colonial and anti-imperialist African revolutionary. As a young man, he was a member of the African National Pioneers Movement, led by Carlos Cooks, an understudy of Marcus Garvey. Alombe also co-founded the African Jazz Art Society and Studios, AJAZ, a significant front that reclaimed jazz as an African art. In 1975, Alombe co-founded the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, POC. The POC led many campaigns in defense of African independence. They led on the cultural boycott against apartheid in the 1980s and 1990s. They also organized many important symposiums that brought African revolutionaries and other internationalists into the African community in the U.S., including Maurice Bishop of Grenada, Fidel Castro of Cuba, and Thomas Sankara. I'm Ilami Brath. I'm with the Patrice Lumumba Coalition. And the Patrice Lumumba Coalition was founded on the 11th of November, 1975, the same day as the People's Republic of Angola. It was founded uh, to generate within the black community in the United States a support for the MPLA as opposed to UNITA and FNLA. As you may know, at that particular time, UNITA and FNLA were getting promoted as black nationalist organizations whereas MPLA was being projected as mainly a Marxist organization, which was to try to use subliminal uh, anti-communism to draw the black community into support of you, of UNITA. Since I have been involved in the struggle of African liberation for the last 32 years, at that particular time, of course, it was 1975, so it was from about 1956 to 1975, and had developed, you know, a sound... Uh, uh, support base as far as uh, African internationalism, Pan-Africanism, Black nationalism, we took it upon ourselves to try to alert the Black community they were being taken for a ride. That was the late Alombe Brath of the Patrice Lumumba Coalition. Alombe Brath was born September 30, 1936, and passed on May 19, 2014. Alombe would have been 86 years old last September. Now. We welcome his son, Senke Brath, to Black Power Talks. Uhuru, welcome, Senke. Welcome to Black Power Talks. It's great to have you here. You know, we've known each other for uh, many years now. We actually linked up through social media when I was doing my doctoral thesis, part of which studied your father's work. So um, uh, how are you doing, brother? Dr. Maximilla Odom, I'm happy to be here. I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be in this format talking to you, talking about Sankara and my father's relationship to Sankara. You know, thinking about his relevance, Sankara rose to power during the time when you were in your teenage years, if I'm correct, correct? Yep. So who was Sankara and what did Sankara mean to you? 
Well, I, I, I like to say first, um, not only did he rise, I had the actual opportunity to meet him as a very young man. My father, as you mentioned, uh, co-founded an organization called the Patrice Lumumba Coalition. And they had Sankara at, uh, he, Sankara uh, came to visit the school to speak to the community and speak to the people. Um, it's a very, they the video of that event, I know one video is in French, but it's like 9 million views on that event. There are so many um, people who knew nothing about Sankara, they came in there that night. I mean, you when you say what what is Sankara to me, well, gosh, I mean, who was he? Well, you already gave a whole slew of, of who he was. Sankara was a, a big admirer of the Cuban Revolution. And, you know, he has set up those Cuban style committees for the defense of the revolution. He was very into um, equity, parity between gender equality, um, you know, with women, giving them a very prominent role. I don't know if he was influenced by Secutore when it came, when it came to that, but it's a possibility after all, they're both Francophones. And I'll go into that part a little bit later, but... Um, you know, one of the things uh, Sankara also did that also impressed me when he came in, he slayed, he slashed the wages of top officials um, and set up, you know, the, the power revolutionary tribunals. So early on, he sent the message about who he was. He was very stern, you know, anti-corruption, you know, um, prosecuted people for political crimes. So, you know, oftentimes Africa gets a bad rap about kleptocrats, people coming in and not wanting to leave and that, and that sort of thing. Some of it's exaggeration. Of course, some of it is true. We have to take each country on a case-by-case -case basis to examine where it's legit and where it's not legit. But it's a heavy, stereo heavy stereotype about most of Africa, especially Western Africa. I've always been impressed by him like that, especially in today's times where some People that just with, you know, when it comes to black elected leaders, they're only into the symbolism of things. They don't care whether this person is, <laughs> uh, has corrupt people, brings on corrupt people and everything. It's just, they black. No, Sankara was like, uh-uh. He was very serious about uh, these programs. And, you know, of course, because he was so serious, we had criticism from the West and the NGOs uh, about that, talking uh, using their propaganda against Sankara very early on because, because he was so serious about making Burkina Faso a model for Africa. You know what I mean? And the fact that, you know, people call him the Che Guevara of Africa speaks to the charisma of him. You know what I mean? When he was here, I remember um, he had a translator, but just his style and everything. I was, even as a young man, I was just drawn to his style. I was drawn to the energy he gave off to the crowd. I'm not sure. Have Have you seen the video of him in Harlem, the speech? Uh, no, I actually have not seen. I've seen all those other speeches. I've seen when Fidel came. I've seen yeah. the Maurice Bishop one. The Maurice Bishop one is eerie because he's assassinated. Uh, you know, under the direction of the U.S. government, not too short after that, you know, um, which really shows really the political importance of, you know, the forms that Alombe and them were leading. So I have not seen this one, though. I've seen images, but I have not seen it. I was searching heavily for it. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna send you a link or two. Some of it because of the age of it, it's not because you got to remember that's a VHS time. But you can you can still see it. You can see the energy, and you can see you know just his presence. Like the, he has the energy, something special about him. And you know the thing about it is that he is the sort of revolutionary who was just very serious. The the Africa's pool identified with him, not not just in Burkina Faso, but throughout. You know, when he came in, he remained very popular amongst all the poor and all of the country's citizens. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, some of his pos- policies, you know, alienated ruling class uh, sort of people and they were antagonistic, but that, you know, he didn't deter from what he was about. And I think that, that that's very important when you have someone like that, that that's you sending a serious message. You're supposed to ruffle feathers if you're representing the people, especially poor people. You know, you mentioned Maurice Bishop. It's just amazingly eerie that he was killed not long after his Harlem visit. And, you know, everybody talks about that night. He he had his gun on his hip, <laughs> you know, and, and he pulled it out. You know, he was, you know. He, he was he was ready for a revolution. Unfortunately, you know, we all, we all know that he was assassinated. Troops led by Blaise Campari, um, who then took over. Um, and, and we know that that was fueled outside of the country. But I guess we'll get into that. Um, you know, I've been having some WhatsApp meetings with the leaders of the group, which are commemorating Sankara's life. And, you know, different people have uh, different different feelings about this this trial, but I, I don't want to uh, defer off of that. I just wanted to give a little insight to um, who Sankara was. I just wanted to add on to that since you said, can you tell me about him? You know, but hey, you, you had already laid, you already laid out much of it. I just wanted to add on the, the aspect of what he was doing with uh, women and relationship to the Cubans and Cuba and the things that he, uh, I felt that he, the, taking some of the best things that we see through revolutionary uh, movements throughout the globe. Right, right. No, I, I think that you uh, hit the nail on the head and really expanded it. And you're absolutely correct. The stuff he did with women is very similar to the stuff that Secretary had done in Guinea with women, of which your father and your uncle actually documented it in an excellent book from the 1970s called The oh, Road. The how Road. How you know about that? Sure yeah, I, I know wow, about man. it, man. I know about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a that's but that is a that's that's a rare piece of infirma. A lot of people are not really aware of that, but yeah, you know that uh, my father had received the Cote de Chivalry. It's like the highest award that a non-Ghanaian, uh, uh, not Ghanaian, <laughs> Guinean can re- receive it's a chivalry award it's like a purple heart you know wow. um <laughs> wow. Wow. from secretore i have a younger brother his name is seku who was named after secretore i met secretore also when i was a young man i remember him coming my father taking us to the waldorf astoria i remember secretore uh <laughs> he was at you know it was in the waldorf astoria he he didn't speak english i remember as a little kid you know how you remember little things. He had on all white. He was dark, and he had just had on all his all white. He, it just looked it's sort of like magical the contrast. And I remember he had a bowl of nothing but fruit and salad. 
you know, this before people were talking about organic. He had all of this stuff in his plate and he had, you know, a group of people around him. That was my first time ever experiencing. But Seco Torre actually came to our house. It was, you know, many people in the neighborhood say it was like a scene out of the real coming to America. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, if you remember when Eddie Murphy's father <laughs> yeah. came looking for Eddie Murphy. Because he came from the Waldorf also, right? And yeah, that's so funny. That's what people always, the like, they, they plagiarized that. People always tease. They plagiarized that. Because Secretary Ray made a grand entrance. Anybody who knows anything about Harlem and knows where Schomburg is, of course, Schomburg Plaza is named after the great legend Turi. Afro-Puerto uh, Rican scholar Arturo Schomburg. There's a complex of 35 stories, two buildings, and then a mini building, which a lot of our formative years were spent uh, growing up. So when he, But when he came up into there, people, first of all, had never seen a president of an African country and someone coming in. All right. And then he came into the hood. Bed of flowers and this whole sort of thing, you know, entering. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the inner city. We're talking about Harlem. Right, right at 110th Street, the gateway between West Harlem and like El Barrio, right in there. Mm. And he mm-hmm. and he he pulled up like he pulled up like uh Eddie Murphy's father. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the character's name in coming to America, but uh yeah, Secretary pulled up like that. Yeah, you know? you know, that's all just so remarkable that, you know, Alombe, because of, you know, his politics where he was, was able to really facilitate these relationships with, you know, African leaders uh, all throughout the continent, really playing an important role, especially down there in Southwest Africa. So, you know, tell tell us about, you know, the the Patrice Lumumba coalition and, you know, Sankara, you know, how did, how did they make all that work? How did, how did they, they, they make those links? As I was mentioning, uh, Sekou Toure, like with, uh, what a lot of um, leaders who were in exile and from their countries, guerrilla fighters, one of the main things at that time and they wanted to do was get the message out. So my father was not only on rate, was not only in radio, but he was also on TV. He had a radio program called Africa Kaleidoscope, where he talked about the issues of Africa, interviewed leaders, you know, prime ministers, elected officials, people looking to, you know, all basically different issues of Africa. So he was, he was known to, you know, they have a network of people and they like, you got to go on Elambe's show. But not only that, my father was the uh, director of international affairs for Like It Is. So they also knew it was very important, especially in New York City at that time, to be on the airways, to be seen telling the story. You know, to get Sam and Yoma, get Robert Mugabe, you know, bring these people to television. Because so, you know, we didn't have anybody in the United States who was accessing African leaders in Africa when they were here or in the Caribbean, uh, especially um, getting their story out, their message out. You know, nobody's going to want to, not nobody, but a lot of the uh television or people, high profile people, they're not gonna touch a somebody like a Maurice Bishop. They're not they wasn't gonna touch a Sam Yomo or anybody who came after them. Um, you know, a, a Mugabe. They wasn't gonna touch um 
people representing organizations like Xano PF, Swapo, ANC, you know, they wasn't gonna, uh, for Limo. I mean, it just wasn't happening. But all of these people knew that it was very important, especially at that time, because we're, we're talking about a time, there wasn't all of this cable, it wasn't social media. You know, your message, there were a few conglomerate uh, radio, TV shows, it was probably like eight channels, and you needed to be on one of them. And the main ones were ABC, NBC, and CBS. And ABC luckily had, you know, there's something with the federal communications. You have to, the public affairs programming, you do not have to turn a profit. It is just there for the acts, for the sake of informing the public and knowledge. And Gil Noble was the head of Like It Is in that, and Gil was open to all of it. He was like, Yolande, bring them. Get this person, bring them. Yeah, I'll sit down with them. Let's talk. And so what happened, it began to inform us in New York. You know, we was, New York was the heart of all this. You know, the United Nations come here. All of the media, so much was happening here. So now these people had a voice. So one of the reasons I believe uh, when he reached out to Sankara, Sankara was so receptive because the reputation had traveled, you know, and had been known, you know. When I when I mentioned to you about the video of when Sankara came, what I noticed, it was very unique. Both of these countries are, are French-speaking African countries. I mean, I talk about Guinea and I talk about Burkina Faso. But there is a 1972 video called Breaking the Chains, right, where um, Walter Rodney, Amiri Baraka, uh, my father, Elande Brath, a lot of a lot of people, they all descended for a gathering like out in Washington, D.C. And when my father came on to speak, and in fact, like this, it was it was a it was a massive thing on the eastern seaboard. Uh, I think that was the first African Liberation Day. That's what it, that's exactly May, what it was. May 1972. Was right. So African you saw the video then? Or you yeah, just I've, I've, I've seen the video for sure. Right. So in the video, if you notice, we about. Uh, my father is kind of speaking almost like in French, and he is giving. He said, um, "His his opening, right? Um, dang, I wish I wait. It's gonna come to me right now, because um, he's giving a talk. He's like, there's Africa, you know. He's talking about all the resources of Africa, you know, and people here. You talking about a Cadillac? Africa has this. Africa has that. He had just one of the things. He had just come back from uh, Guinea with Secretary." as the guest of Secretary Ray before that. And he said, and there's a thing where he say, when I say this, you say, Abba, you know, and then, and, then, and, and it, as you know, in the first African liberation day, you can hear the, with his edit, you can hear that uh, cannon and stuff going on. When I say this, imperialismo, Abba, and all of that. Well, what I noticed when Sankara came here, Sankara did that same sort of opening. You know, oh, he wow. was doing the same sort of thing. So I think that, you know, we're talking um, 72, we're talking about 14 years. Sankara was a, a scholarly man, as you know, and was aware of things. I mean, they, I, I just think all of that's connected. All, the, all of those relationships, right. I think Sankara was aware of all the, the other Francophone leaders that he, you know, that um, he had studied and everything. And he, you know, that that was an opening or that was something that they do. And, you know, 
I, I just found it very, very cool that that opening was the same. That whole about, you know what I mean? And then when Sankara opened up in, right here in Harlem, even with his translator and everything, he would do but that he said imperialismo and everything. You know, it was it was amazing. You know, it, I would love to see the two video parts transposed right right next to each other. It'd be such a cool thing to see. Wow! Wow! That's 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 just the the sequence and the the the, the tie-ins with um, the African francophone nations and you know people revolutionary leaders who identify with certain slogans and certain euphemisms and that sort of thing. But you know, looking back at that, I'm like, wow. To see all these black people, all these African people, is one of the greatest moments in all of our lives. I only hope that everybody here realizes what it means. And that we will work from today to understand that every day is African liberation day. It cannot be a thing that brother would Understand that. Every day is African liberation day. And then I'll leave you with this. They say, in Virilisma, a box. That's so important because of the fact that it's revolution and anti-colonial African internationalist struggle, as you know, that breaks down the borders. And when the borders of African people fall, then the language differences of African people will fall because our new language will be based off of this uh, common economy and the African liberation struggle, right? So I don't have to know how to speak in Zulu to know what to e Africa means, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have to know Portuguese. Neither you nor I know Portuguese, but we know what Aluta Continua means. 
That's right. And, you know what I'm saying? So struggle continues. So for Sankara to come and speak in a common language of African revolution to the people of Harlem, that's something that is 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 actually pretty eerie. But also, you know that he hasn't missed the significance of coming to Harlem, coming to the place where Garvey was, coming to the place where Malcolm was, and stuff like that. So that's really, really interesting to me. Now, Sankara was assassinated in 1987. You were young then, maybe towards college age. Now, do you remember the assassination? And if so, yeah, know, uh, I, I mean, how did that ring? I, I remember my father being very upset, shaken, shaken up by it, immediately placing blame. That's the uh, main thing I remember about, about it. But, you know, it, I, I remember him just being on the phone with other people, not really sure who he was talking to. But what I do recall about it is right at that time, like, I mean, right, probably a little, that time, a little before then, this was a time in which, you know, we didn't have these cell phones and all that sort of thing. You had Ma Bell, you had a cord attached to your phone, it was rotary or whatever. And even if I call, like, so I'm in New York, you're in Florida, we're on the air in Florida, you know, but it's, it's a regular call, you know, it's, there's no extra charge. So our phone bill, because my father used to receive so many long distance calls and international calls, and he would return those calls <laughs> to the wow, you know crazy. to the chagrin of my mother when she see that phone bill. I was gonna say, I bet Nomsa was upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was one time where the phone bill was high. I mean, like to receive a $1,300 phone bill back in the 80s, you know, that's like, I mean, I'm not an economist, but you go with inflation, that's probably like a $6,000 phone bill now. What happened was initially they turned off the phone in the house, Mm -hmm. but I and we are pretty sure it was like an epiphany. CIA said that's exactly what I, I was, phone back on I was exactly phone. going to tell crazy. that story. We I was never exactly. paid that bill and they turned that phone back on. And you know who has the exact my, same so story? It, it hit my father. You know, we gotta be careful. Because you know, sometimes you don't exactly. you know, but you don't it takes an event exactly to let you know. Wow. Exactly, because you know what I was going to say? Mm-hmm. Is bro- Brother Crook, Ron Wilkins, the head of the Patrice Lumumba Coalition oh, in Los Angeles, yep. has the exact same story. Even back to the time in which he was organizing with SNCC, he said they didn't pay a single bill, and the bill got cut off, and then it got cut, and the phone automatically gets turned back on. Because yes. And I mean, because I have friends in the community, that's exactly bills correct. have been... I know turned off for way less and like, yeah, like you got to make a payment on this. No payment was made and it was turned back on. But, you know, <laughs> that's wild. Dude. Father, technically, I, 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 yeah. at that time, he had, I mean, he, he had known, but it was, it was not totally known. Like, so there's a video out. There's a, a congressman, Larry McDonald from Georgia. He is basically the father of the intelligence agencies, you know. I think it was 75. He had a hearing in Congress 
from my father and the other co-founder of the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, Irvin Davis. He tried to get them jailed for raising money for African anti-colonial movements. And he's saying the money's used for armed struggle, basically right. trying to accuse them of terrorism. Right. I've seen and that. And he was a and he's a and he's a Democrat. Um, so what ended up happening, you know, he went to the halls of Congress. He, um, he laid out this whole thing about, um, you know, he was supporting apartheid. You know, they know there's not really any other way to put it. You know, he was from Georgia's like their seventh congressional district, but luckily for us, he got killed in a, in a pain clash. It wasn't really a plane crash. I shouldn't say that. He was killed. He was a passenger on board that Korean Airlines flight 007. It was got shot down by the Soviet interceptors. It was that was oh, the whole yeah. thing with yeah. Ronald Reagan and all that. But yeah. if you study who he was, basically he was the he was a hardcore anti-communist sort of uh, right winger, and he's the father of surveillance. Right. You know, he is the right. one, all of this stuff they talk about, the deep state. He's mm-hmm. the guy who started all of that. Let's put it this way. He was the biggest crusader against communism. Like he was a he was a chairman of the, the uh the what's that called? That society. John well, Birch. Right, the John, John Birch, Birch society. society. You know, they American conservatives martyred him when he died. Right. But he, he wanted my mother was very worried. My father was going to jail because they was trying to create new laws about, you know, the fundraising that the Patrice Lumumba coalition was, was doing, you know, to support these movements abroad. Right. 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 You know? Right. But, right. You know, that's what I said. Thankfully, you know, he, he was killed in that, you know, you know, that controversy with Reagan and uh, the Russians. And they sh- they shot that damn Korean plane down with him on it. <laughs> and then that was the last that was the last of that. You know, you talk about what was the connection. So what I mean, it's obvious that higher forces felt that that connection were problematic because, um, you know, Bernard White, who's the former pro- program director of WBAI uh, on the Pacifica Radio and the Alambe Brath essay book, he talks about, you know, that he was there the day when the State Department came to WABC and basically told Zexit AFC that my father couldn't work on the show no more. He could not be part of uh, like it is and do work, uh, you know, in any capacity, advising Gil, consulting or any of that. Both Gil Noble and my father were called into the office to talk to the CEO of WABC at that time. And it was a member of the State Department there. And the brother, not the brother, but the white that from the State Department said, you know, he was interested in my father's relationship in the anti-colonial struggles in the Caribbean and the continent of Africa. And he had told my father, you got a lot of information on African history. And my father told him, not nearly as much as you have. <laughs> but, you know, basically at the end of the meeting, he was told he could no longer do programs on international issues. Oh, okay. And, you know, okay. was, you know, my father was basically removed from the uh, show. Um, that's just, you know, like one of the many uh, right. things. It didn't, of course, affect what was happening with Africa Lightoscope on the radio. Yeah. You know, the importance of, you know, African revolutionary, African internationalists, Radio really is important issue 
as we know, Mumia uh, Abu-Jamal mm-hmm. was, a, was a radio journalist. Yes, and, um, you know, silencing him was, you know, one of the aims of his trumped-up charges. You are listening to Black Power Talks, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we're discussing the legacy of Thomas Sankara with Sinke Brath of the Alombe Brath Foundation. Now, you know, I don't believe it's a coincidence that the colonial media says so very little on the work of Sankara. Sankara's legacy organized Africans throughout the continent and the African world in opposition to colonialism and neocolonialism. No, however, there is this recent book that was published called American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson, in which the Patrice Lumumba Coalition is slandered in the book by this African writer, African petty bourgeois writer. The novel tells the story of a black woman who worked for the Federal Bureau of Investigations, FBI, and gets in on a plan to assassinate Thomas Sankara. Now, it ends up taking this very petty bourgeois angle, right, in the book and stuff like that, in which the back cover says that says that Marie will observe Sankara seduce him and ultimately have a hand in the coup that will bring him down. But doing so will change everything she believes about what it means to be a spy, lover, and a good American. And some of the things that really stands out about the way in which they classify this book is that some of the stuff that really, you know, was the issue for her was whether, you know, they were, and it's this real petty bourgeois thing, you know, do they, do they like her for her skill or is it just because she's black and Mm -hmm. stuff like that? And, at the end of the book, it tries to take some sort of, you know, African petty bourgeois liberal uh, opposition to the assassination, yeah. but it's still a book about integration. It's still a book about how she can find herself in a better position uh, within the United States. And it's very, you know, it's to me, it's actually very instructive. So, um, you know, if I'm correct, this book was even endorsed by President Obama. Yeah, uh, Barack Obama had it on his summer uh, summer reading list, and he said uh, it's a book that you know his summer reading list. You know how they advertise his books, and yeah, it's it's on there. Yeah, so you know, let us know. You know, what's the objection that uh, you, um, the Lombay Brad Foundation, the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, have to this book? Oh well, we got a, a lot of objections to the book. First. I had planned to read to you um, Ron Wilkins, member of the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, had written about what his objection to the characterization in, in the book was. And the just the proper, there's a lot of propaganda about the Patrice Lumumba Coalition in there. And the Patrice Lumumba Coalition is not, if you're an African internationalist, you have, anti-imperialist sort of person, scholar, you're an activist, you know about you know you would know about the Patrice Lumumba Coalition. But uh, the normal Joe don't know about the Patrice Lumumba Coalition. So now here you are uh, in a novel. If you're gonna be doing this, you should use fictional organizations because now you're talking about so right. Marie Mitchell is 
the character. Though, as you mentioned, Lauren Wilkinson is the author. Marie Mitchell is the character. And Marie Mitchell is allegedly based on a real person who we want to know the name of. You know, that's a come. You, if you look in the inside, it said Lauren Wilkins, American Inspired, inspired by True Events, is a thrilling original Correct. read. And, you know, a lot of times inspired by real events. And we would love to know who, for one, who she is. As I was with in a meeting with brothers and sisters from Burkina Faso um, earlier this week, one of the things they're doing, they have a, a they are trying to do a freedom of information type of hearing get the United States records on what they have on Sankara and, and, and what took place. Because, so the author of this, someone who we know did talk to her, she issued an apology for using the Patrice Lumumba coalition and saying that also that, the, you know, she is alleged that she infiltrated the Patrice Lumumba coalition for like 11 years, and she did this to get close to Thomas Sankara, and her goal and her aim was to kill him, because she's supposed to be the first black double spy. In other words, she was FBI, and then she was CIA. She was flipped in between both, because of course, of the international aspects of uh, the, the target. You know what I mean? And that's supposed to be her real, her real um, labeling. You talk about petty bourgeoisie things. It's very smooth in the way they do it and they introduce it. So also is that the, the bit of the colorism and the back, it would say it will just talk about her appearance. But if you read inside, oh, because she was fair skinned, um, that automatically means that an African leader would be attracted to her and the authorities knew this is the one we're going to put on her. So when they're talking about uh, appearances, that's what they mean when you read into this. So they got all this whole colorism being introduced in here, saying that um, that's what they that's what they really that's we know that he gonna fall for her because of that aspect. You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's kind of like a slap in the face to the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, which evolved from the African Jazz Art Society and Studio, which pioneered the. Black is beautiful movement, <laughs> you know what I mean? But in in here, the the idea that they uh, a family member that she broke in this family member. So they never named my father in the book, which is they believe their legal remedy. They just described the leader of the Patrice Lumumba coalition. Then they said his niece is the one who they flipped to get close. They never say that they uh, did that. But, you know. The only of my cousins, the niece who could be, she she was uh, livid about this. And then really how right. they, de- they described uh, the Patrice Lumumba Coalition inside of the book. It's, it's not accurate. The numbers are not accurate. The Patrice Lumumba Coalition was never these thousands. Yeah, the that's what I was reading. Yeah, that's what I was reading. They, they, they yeah. said they had, had over a thousand members. They said, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, and everything. So that's <laughs> never, that's never. But when they want, they'll they'll big you up when they want to attack you. Like, oh, we got to exactly. get rid of them. So exactly. this is part of the exactly. propaganda that they do. And you know, the great scholar out of Houston, Dr. Joe Horn says mm-hmm. that they plan on taking this into a film, and we cannot let that happen. Um, oh, slandering wow. a Patrice Lumumba coalition even greater. As you see, they have an obsession with uh, the quote-unquote snitch film and this person, Marie Mitchell, and how they get a con- you know their consciousness sort of change 
um, when they, you know, the the upcoming Garvey film is about that. We saw the Fred Hampton film was just more about the the snitch and the, the agent than it was about Fred Hampton. So they looking at this possibly being a third in the line like this. We don't want Sankara being introduced like that anyway. But the the fact that this woman is supposed to be based, there's some real elements in there, is very disturbing. And we don't want that association or the slander that this woman was part of the Patrice Lumumba coalition in any fashion. Any any sort of relationship like that that she got on and was really a, a agent and, you know, did stuff with the Patrice Lumumba Coalition for years. That's 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 insane. And you got a whole new generation of young kids who maybe even from Burkina Faso area, they they may not know the about Blaze Campari and you know his role. They might think, oh, you know, this is some extension of that. So we, we you know, definitely yeah, we feel a slander and despite her issuing a, a private apology. We we we're taking it to the next level. I don't want. I can't go into too much more about it, but it's it's not. Right. This issue ain't over. Right, right. Well, thanks for sharing what you could share. You know, you know. Uh, so just to speak a little bit about you know the Patrice Lumumba Coalition. Like I said, the Patrice Lumumba Coalition played a very you know important role in bridging the African community mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S. with uh, African revolutionaries on the content. Oh, sorry, on the continent. You know, Alombe Braff had a longstanding relationship, as you know, with Sam Njoma yeah. uh, and the Southwest African People's Organization, SWAPO, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for that. You know, in the first decade of the 21st century, Chairman Omale Shetela also uh, went to N- Namibia and mm-hmm. um, met with uh, President uh, Njoma. Uh, mm-hmm. of whom he shared very uh, warm relations. You know, we got some people we're working with even out there in Namibia. So, um, you know, you all played a very, very uh, crucial role, the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, especially in bridging African culture and African revolution, right? That's why yeah. I find this attack using a novel so insidious, right? So, you know, why were cultural politics so important to Alombe Brad? So uh, let me just say uh, the Patrice Lumumba Coalition, which basically was founded, we sometimes say PLC, shorten the acronym, was founded in 75, the 1975, you know, part of it was supporting uh, Angolan's right to self-determination. Um, it was based in Harlem. You know, um, it was about... Um, you know, another inspiration leader, of course, Patrice Emery Lumumba of the Congo. My father, you know, at the time had not met his family, but built a relationship with him and uh, Kabila um, after that. But, you know, people like my father, Malcolm, they were sentenced at the assassination um, in, in 1961 of Lumumba. So uh, I, I, I just wanted to, you know, Give a shout out to Patrice Lumumba because that's who uh, that that was the cause of the inspiration. We, uh, the Lombard Graph Foundation, are going to be putting out a Patrice Lumumba Coalition uh, website archive. We're, there's already one. There's 
uh, created on social media, on Instagram. Um, but there's there's going to be a lot more to, as I said, just to know that other organizations and uh, people who surveil uh, have a lot of flyers going back for years that they've been collecting and studying these relationships and these leaders that come on is kind of, you know, it's, it's very telling as far as I'm concerned. So now that I, I got that away, it's I, I want to just say it's no surprise um, what recently happened with Chairman Omali Yeshatelli and African People's Socialist Party trying to pretend that Russia has influenced the work that he's been doing, the education he's been doing, when, he, when he's going back decades with this. And now all of a sudden, we're in 2022, in the 2000s, they're charging that this is Russian influence, Russian misinformation. It's kind of sickening because there is really not a news outlet that is going to that you know yeah interview chairman O'Malley, but the the level of the you know he has to tell he has to be his own propaganda there, there are not people on saying this is bs these charges of bs going into the history like it's so much work you know for people who uh, struggle, dare to struggle, dare to win, revolutionary cohorts to be um, doing it, having to do their own defense all the time. And we have no real allies in that way in the media and that sort of thing. It's very disheartening. You know, even before I watched his press conferences and uh, so these things, I already knew it's bogus. I already see the way they... Uh, the propaganda on Ukraine. And a lot of people who think that they're progressive and know this or that, they'll be gobbling up on all the stuff, then boom, they come in like, we just saw how Ukraine was treating African people. Then they'll come on like, they, we giving them a billion and then they go with this in Russia. So they demonize Russia in such this way and they want you to support Ukrainian people um, despite their history and despite the fact that that you, if you visit there, you're going to come into a rude awakening about if you're burnt of skin, <laughs> you know what I mean? You come, <laughs> come into a rude awakening. Right. You know, they, right. they want your undying support, you know. Right. For them. It's, it's, it's kind of like insanity, but this is, this is where we are at this time in history in, in, in the world, you know, that. Um, right. I mean, right. that's why, you know, I'm happy to be on Black Power Radio 96.3 FM and, you know, speaking from New York to comrades in Florida. And, right, um, right. Because, you know, since we talked about, you know, the the July 29, 2022 attacks against the African People's Socialist Party, Horror Movement, and Chairman Amalia Shetela, one of the absurd claims that they have is that Russians told the Horror Movement to raise the issue of genocide. Yeah. When, when you know, this is the 40th anniversary of the first World Tribunal for Reparations to African People that was held in Brooklyn, New York in 1982, organized by Chairman Omalia Shetela and the African People's Socialist Party, and Alombe Braff, Kwame Braithwaite, mm-hmm. and the Patrice Lumumba Coalition helped organize this event alongside the party. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, you know, can you just, you know, speak to the absurdity of that? You know what I mean? The fact that, you know, what, did they have the Michael J. Fox car and go back in time and yeah, tell yeah, people? Right. Like, <laughs> right, uh, you know, what about what back, back, back to the future. You right, right, I mean? right. You know, and Malcolm it, Malcolm raised the issue in the 60s, a queen mother mourned them in the 50s, you know? Yep. You know, uh, Chairman Omala Yeshatela has been on the scene. You know, he he's not wavered. Any, anybody can visit the website um, of the African People's Socialist Party and understand the message, you know? And I mean, look, even the hip-hop, most of the hip-hop generation they know about chairman because of dead press. You know what I mean? They they hear his right. voice. You know what I mean? But any anybody who knows how to use a computer, knows how to get information, you know, despite what you see, you clearly know that that's bogus propaganda, that right. he's not being led by no Russians on where he should be at on reparations or directing him on a clear mind and thought on how he should be looking at struggle, you know, how he should be looking at his enemies and identifying them, what the issues are. Like these things go back decades. Right. So um, let's bring it back to the top of the show. We're talking about Sankara. We're talking about the anniversary of his assassination and all these trials and things like that that are also going on right now. Like I said, the Alone Bay Brad Foundation is organizing alongside other people on the legacy of Sankara. So what can you tell us about these upcoming events? Okay, so it's the ICJS International Campaign Justice for Sankara. Some of the organizations outside of the Long Bay Brown Foundation who uh, are endorsing and helping this uh, December 12th movement, All African Revolutionary Party, Black Alliance for Peace, Woodson Banneker Division 330 of UNIA History Club with Professor Oduno, um, out in DC, uh, you know, I worked with him that for them to try to help get that space to get a space uh, for them, and you know that that's just a few, but you know he's going to be showing that classic day when he came to Harlem and gave that speech and charmed <laughs> charmed all of New York, and you know, unfortunately, not long after that, we we know what happened, but. We're going to be looking at his life, his inspiration, and what's happening in Burkina Faso today. And it's going to be a celebration, a historical celebration and commemoration, you know. Yeah, he he was uh, killed. But, you know, we got, it's going to tie it into uh, the country, basically the country still at this time and, and what's going on with the, with the coups. Because... As I said, I've been on a, a few of the calls with uh, brothers and sisters, and the organization that I also work with is called UpamaInc.org. We, what we do, we're archivists. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. We archive and document and upgrade. We take videos and speeches and things from old formats in the 80s and 70s, and we and we, our goal is to digitize them. Um, so we're doing a fundraiser around climate change and what it means to African communities in Africa and especially the Caribbean and the diaspora. The Lambe Brand Foundation is helping to tie in these sort of things. Uh, Upama Inc. also. Okay. Upa- and, and Upama is the Ujima 
Pan yes. African Media Archives, correct? Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. Yeah, media right. Archives. Because, Ooh. you know, um, there are people much, much younger than us, right, who need to know that a lot of this stuff happened, a lot of stuff happened before them. We want them to readily be able to find it. You know, our youth have to have access to the information. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is absolutely crucial work. It's, you know, I'm always inspired in the work that I do to know that, you know, the generations, the struggle is still going on and it's the work that, you know, still brings us all together. Uh, you know, we like to say all roads lead to Uhuru, you know, but it's still not yet Uhuru. We've got to keep fighting for African uh, liberation. I want to thank you for coming on to the show, uh, Comrade Sinke Braff. That's my love. I want to thank you for having me on, talking to comrades in Florida. You've been listening to Black Power Talks, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we discuss the legacy of Thomas Sankara with Sinke Braff, president and co-founder of the Alombe Braff Foundation. Our theme song, Get Up and Do Something, was written and performed by Elika Ngoma. Thanks to the Black Power Talks production, research, and promotions team. You can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap, and it's no need of running.